Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. Hello. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with Good Thing. I have two. One of them is very small, and I'd like to start off with it, and then I'll swing back around to me during alphabetical order time. What's so, this? Getting an extra in there? Get out of here. My first mini good thing is that last night, a very dear friend of mine, Cross Product, uh, got a new world record in a tiny dumb category of Super Metroid. Congratulations Yay. to him. Dave was also there. That is a good thing. <laughs> the Dave was there. He was present <laughs> while it happened. Yeah, not only, I think it's what, like three minutes? Yeah, it's a three minute improvement over the previous world record, but most of that improvement is on routing and not execution whatsoever. All so right, are so you Craig, doing more? Craig, why I'm don't you right. start us off with your good thing? So, uh, Dave's achievement is pretty good. I, I do have to say kudos. Um, there's a, a game I, I started playing again uh, because it just had a somewhat big update. Uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to mention it before, but I keep coming back to it. So I think it's time I talk about it. Uh, it's called Neoverse. It's like Slate Aspire. Ooh. Um, it's it has a different so it plays very similarly to Slate Aspire. So if you're familiar with Slate Aspire, this is the same, but there's enough differences so you don't feel like you're just playing the same thing. I mean, it has uh, different a uh, different graphical thing, different story, of course. Um, game gameplay, like I said, is similar, but there are differences. There are three characters, so you can sort of equate them to the three characters from Slate Aspire, but they tweaked it so that way they're not quite the same. For example, the ironclad character, um, you can build an ironclad type deck that's maybe built around defense and having uh, a similar card that that um, does damage based on your blocking. Or she happens to be a vampire. So it's a a deck that's based on no defense at all and just dealing damage and uh, healing up. So it's that sort of thing. Like they, each of the characters has a different way to play. Uh, they make differences from Slay to Spire. So uh, I will like say I've already put in about. Or you get the bite. You replace all your blocks. Basically, with sort of. <laughs> I mean, I'm simplifying it because I don't have right. much time. But yeah, yeah, I've you. already put in 30 hours, about half as much time as I put in. Just yesterday, he put in 30 hours. No, but uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. They just had a, an update and they're constantly so it's an early access. So they're constantly adding things and it's definitely different enough from Slate Spire that I think it's worth checking out. That's Neat. It. And one more time, the name of this. Neoverse. Awesome. Dave, what's your good thing? Okay, my good thing should be no surprise. It's a composer of video game music. And what? her name, her name is... Her name is Lari Shigihara. She is best known as the composer of Plants vs. Zombies. 
She's she also did one track for Deltarune, which is Toby Fox's sort of follow up to Undertale. And she actually made a game herself. She developed a game called Rakuen, R A K U E N. It's on Steam. And I think it's an RPG. I don't know much about the game other than that the music is really good. I've listened to a couple tracks here and there, but I don't really want to spoil the experience because I do want to play Rakuen sometime. Uh, but she also does a lot of covers of video game music and she cosplays for him sometimes. Uh, like there's this one just gorgeous vocal arrangement and her voice is so amazing. There's one vocal arrangement of Quarters of Time by Yasunori Mitsuda. And she dresses up like Shala for the video. That's really good. And, uh, you know, she's just, she's so talented and cute and dorky and my wife and amazing and so much fun to watch and listen to. It's just, I had to bring her up. What was that third thing? Dorky. Yeah. Okay. Yes, thank let's you. Go with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said talented, cute, dorky. All right, uh, so my real good thing this week is uh, the Live Aid sequence from the biopic of uh, Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, not the full movie, because it has issues, and I don't want to discuss them here because this is a good thing, but the Live Aid sequence, specifically like the extended full 20-minute one from... Uh, the recreation of their actual performance is mind-blowingly good. It's ah, it's so good. Um, I do have to see the the whole movie. I know you mentioned you don't really want to talk about that, but I haven't seen it at all. And you know, it's some Queen like, Queen is good stuff. So. It is good Agreed. Thing. Yeah. Um, so when they went in to make this this movie, uh, they actually shot the Live Aid sequence first. And just basically decided to pour as much time and money into getting this exactly perfect as they could. And then do the rest of the movie after with, with whatever like budget and time they have available. And it shows in a good way for this and not so good a way the, for the rest of it. Um, but yeah, the, the Live Aid sequence is mind-blowingly great. Um, Get it on, like, the Blu-ray or the 4K because it has, like, the full extended sequence of it. Oh, it was... Ah. Just just so good. All right, Tori. Uh, last week I told you guys I was reading a whole lot of manga lately. And so my good thing this week is another manga. Uh, this one is called The Wallflower. And it's about a complete introvert who she doesn't want to go out and do anything. She just wants to stay home and watch horror movies all day, and her aunt has decided that that is unacceptable. Uh, her aunt uh, has a kind of a boarding house. Like, she rents out the rooms of her elaborate mansion to to people, and so she has rented rooms to these four really hot guys and told them that they can have free rent if they can turn her niece into a lady. These guys are it sounds questionable. <laughs> right. They're, they're, um, yeah, this, sound, this sounds terrible. It's like My Fair Lady, but they get free room and board instead of betting money. I like exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and it's utterly hilarious. It's so funny. I like 
the, I think it was volume four or volume five is when Valentine's Day happens. And in Japan, Valentine's Day is the day that girls give guys chocolate. There, there's another holiday that's the opposite of that, but Valentine's Day is when girls give guys chocolate. And these four guys, they're so, they're so attractive and all the ladies love them that they, they are having to, to run from hordes of women trying to give them chocolate. And, <laughs> and, and it's played up like a zombie movie because they're, <laughs> Like I, one I of the trips that is all, this. I, I get you know, what leave me, through. leave me. And the others are saying, no, we leave no man behind and like trying to rescue him. And, and it's so funny. The, the art style is to it because all of the guys look like they, they basically look like women. Uh, but the plot is so funny. And, uh, there was an anime to go with it. So you can look into that if you don't want to read the manga, but it's, I'm really enjoying this one. Sounds entertaining. All right. Um, Dave, you, uh, you, I believe, yeah. finished a book this week. Yeah. Boy, and also, you, you read some Mistborn. I finished Go Dog Go. Fine. <laughs> yeah. The Go so. Dog Go deep dive podcast, where I can only read one page per week. Oh my gosh, Go Dog Go was... <laughs> That was one of my favorite books as a kid. I love the scene with the dog party at the end. It's just, yeah, I always wanted to go to that party. It looked so fun. I always hated that chick that never liked the guy's hat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's terrible. <laughs> she's the worst. But at the end, his hat is, that's something else. Every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man. It's true. We Yeah, we are. So uh, anyway, our podcast has the, the chapters that you read this week. Why don't right, you tell us about those? Fifty-six, the entire the entirety of part six and the epilogue of Mistborn Two. I missed the title. Well of Ascension. Ascension. Mistborn Too Fast, Too Furious. Sword. <laughs> yeah, well, she only had the Buster Sword for one scene. What a letdown! But. <laughs> Alright, so, <laughs> spoilers for the last few chapters. Chapter 56. Want me to read the bullet points? Yes. No. Ellen I hate and the bullet Spook. points now. Big goopy thing. Mist ghost beckons Ellen to go north. Spook found refugees. Terrace is in ruins. So, chapter 56, Vin has already made it back to Luthadel. Ellen and Spook are getting back down south to Luthadel as fast as they can. And uh, Spook scouts ahead and he finds something and it's a mist wraith, which they describe as a big goopy thing. I, I think I had a pretty good description of that as well, if anybody remembers what it was. Uh, <laughs> they were giant Kirby's that don't poop. Giant Kirby's that don't poop. Exactly. So yeah, big goopy thing. And then the mist spirit comes back and tries to get Ellen to go north, away from Luthadel. But Ellen is having none of that. He's going down to Luthadel. And they also run into some refugees. Paris capital is in ruins. Uh, I don't remember exactly who attacked them. That's bad of me. Who killed the terrorists? Was it, it wasn't the Coloss, right? Because they're still in Luthadel. They kind of hang together, right? Or they have different tribes of Coloss. I don't know. I would say Rafo, but you already read it, so I guess I'll just tell you it was the Inquisitors. 
Oh, right. Okay. I do remember that now. I should have written it down. But yeah, the Inquisitors have destructinated the city of Terrace. Or the country. Anyway, that's the end of chapter 56. Wow. That was uh, a long chapter. Chapter 57. Set, Zunarl, and Penrod are bickering. Seized tries to stop them by reminding them that Vin is the boss. Seized misses Tindwill, broken heart emoji. Seized fears that Vin may not recover. Elend and Spook return to Luthadel. Elend's flag is flying. They sneak in with some refugees. Seized reads the notes from his nerd date. Holy first witness. Enter Vin. Vin is ominous as all get out. The king has returned. Vin leaped out the window. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that's about, I'll stop there so far. It's about half of the uh, chapter 57. So, Sejanarl and Penrod are bickering there, the three kings, under Emperor Elend, as Vin just kind of beat everybody up and decided that that's how the world order is going to be. And everyone goes along with it. And they're fighting and says, it's like, you better not fight. I'll, I'll tell Vin on you. But, you know, he's just, he's really down on himself and the whole situation. He uh, really cared about Tindwil, who died in last week's chapters. And we also have Vin recovering from pewter dragging slash myrtillating a bunch of Coloss slash Duralamin soothing a bunch of Coloss and killing uh, Straff, so she's, she's had a rough couple days, or even one day. She did all that stuff in one day, I think. She's she's asleep and says it's free that she's not going to wake up. And Ellen and Spook return to find that Ellen's flag is flying in the city of Luthadel. They just assumed that Straff or the Coloss would have taken over by now, and well, good thing they're coming back home, but they still sneak in with some refugees. And Seized goes off alone, and he starts studying the notes that he and Tindwell had taken when they had their nerd date. And he comes across the term Holy First Witness, which is what Quan's title was for discovering the Hero of Ages. And it's also the same title that the Church of the Survivor had given to Seized. Perhaps just coincidence, I don't know. And then Vin comes in, she wakes up, and... She's just like, I got to get to that well. And she's like all mysterious and she's really in a trance. Got to get up to Credit Shaw where the Well of Ascension is. And then they look out the window and behold, Ellen has come back. So Vince jumps out the window to meet him. All right. Second half of chapter 57. Honey, don't get mad. But while you're away, I accidentally made you emperor. (laughs) That's okay, sweetie. These things happen. It's true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> More missing magic manuscript maladies. Vin finds a secret staircase in the secret house in the secret sanctum of Lord Ruler's secret palace. Seized runs afoul of the Mist Spirit. Amorphous form is an oxymoron. Mist Spirit points toward the center of Luthadel. Screaming happens. Our heroes descend the stairs to find food and a map pointing to Statlin City. I don't even remember what Statlin City is. Some city <laughs> outside of I'll remember <laughs> this later. I write it down. This is the problem with getting my chapters right early. 
Sezed finds a dead guy and continues to credit Shaw. Sezed runs afoul of Marsh, who tries to kill him. The end. Uh, it's still a couple chapters, but it <laughs> seemed like it was seemed like it was the end of Sezed. And you know they got to the well, so yeah. everything all's well that ends well of Ascension. Oh no! All right, so, why, don't, why don't you give us the real summary? <laughs> That's the summary. So okay, uh, Vin, you know, talks to Ellen and explains that he's like in charge of the world now, and Ellen's like, "Hey, we might be better off this way instead of some other idiots messing it up, like what happened the first time." But you know, most of the people still see Ellen as their king anyway. At least the Scott people. They, they already did, yeah. And we have more missing magic manuscript maladies. So Sezed, it goes back to some notes, and that, that same line has been torn off in the exact same shape. The lines that he remembers having said that Elendi must not reach the well of ascension. He must not be allowed to take the power from himself for himself. And Vin finds a secret staircase. We cut back. This is a, a montage. I, I was debating whether to reorder this so that, like, the Vin part of the montage and the Seiza part of the montage are separate. But it cuts between them a lot. Yeah. That's what a montage is, Craig. Yes. Thank you for <laughs> describing it. So Vin finds the secret staircase inside the little the little hut where Lord Ruler likes to chill out as an old dude. Or did, but before he died. And then the Mist Spirit uh, comes to Seiza. And uh, the the mist spirit. It, well, for one thing, it says that he has an amorphous form, which I think is kind of a, a funny way to put it. It's, it would literally mean formless form, no, like shapeless shape. But you know, I get it. It's not like it's not. Uh, it doesn't stay in one recognizable state. But so that's why it's an oxymoron because it makes sense, but it's kind of funny. It's contradictory. Yeah. Okay. But it's cool. I like the term amorphous form. I think it's used twice in the last few chapters as well. And Miss Spirit is Miss Spirit <laughs> is uh, what? No, riffling is the new maladroitly. At least it's not used as often. So the Miss Spirit wants Seiza to go to the center of Luthadel, where Credit Shaw is, the direction that Ellen and Vin had had left. And I forget. I think Spook is with them at. At that point, and that's it. It's just the three of them. Someone else might show up later. Let's find out. All right. So there's a bunch of screaming, and says it's like got to get to that palace before something dumb happens. So then we got cut back to inside Critic Shaw. They found the secret staircase, and there's there's a map on the wall that they they point out, and then just move on. It didn't really matter. I don't even remember what Statlin City is, but it's okay. See, if one of them had been a dwarf, they would have been able to find those secret stairs super easy. Because <laughs> it, it was cut in masonry. But uh, anyways, so Sezed finds a dead guy and continues to critic Shaw. And then Sezed runs into Marsh, and Marsh tries to kill him. And he's like, sorry, dude, gotta kill you. Why'd you come here? I really hate to kill you, but I gotta. And that is, as they say that, for chapter 57. All right. Stuff's happening. A lot of montaging. Yeah. Alright, so chapter 58. Vin finds non-choky smoke. Marsh almost kills Sezed, but then pushes HP ring at him. Oops. Vin... 
<laughs> and HP, <laughs> the ring of HP. Thanks, HP you did this. He broke a bottle over my head, but there was a healing potion inside, so it was fine. <laughs> we'll get back when we elaborate on the bullet points, but Finn and Elland find the Welland. Finn's eyes are beautiful. They get distracted by some broken pots and a bead of titanium. <laughs> Which I later found out was actually not titanium tumatum. It was it was regular plain old titanium. So still not sure what titanium tumatum is, but we find out later that this is actually titanium. Uh, okay, Sazed's mind's run out. A dueling cane has come to save the day. All right, back to Vin. Miss Spirit slashes Ellen in the stomach. Back to Sazed. Ham couldn't save the dueling cane that saved Sazed. Poor dueling cane. The dueling cane broke. Okay. Alright, and then Vin takes an ascension bath. Vin gives up the deific power instead of saving Ellen. Someone is free! Okay. There we have it. Uh, chapter 58. So they go down and they find the little, the little section where the well of ascension actually for real truly is. And it's like this glowing kind of metal bath. And they also find some broken pottery down there. And uh, Ellen says that Vin's eyes are beautiful. I guess kind of distract her from being nervous and not knowing what to do in the Well of Ascension. And yeah, they, they have a, this bead of metal that they don't really identify, which I assumed was titanium Tematum, but it comes into play in the next chapter. So we'll we'll learn more about it. And... And the misspirit slashes Ellen in the stomach, and Vin goes into the ascension bath. And meanwhile, you know, Marsh, Marsh is fighting with Sazed, and Sazed's got like a little, his little backpack or pouch with all of his metal mines in it. And Marsh pushes the rings into Sazed's flesh, but fortunately, at least one of these rings was gold that Sazed had stored hit points in. So he can actually just tap the the gold ring, his gold mine, and heal himself up and continue fighting. And then Ham, it wasn't really a, an ani- animated dueling cane. It was actually Ham came in and smacked Marsh on the back of the head. And I'm kind of bothered. Uh, they just leave him there. I don't know. Like, I feel like they probably should have killed Marsh right here. <laughs> So, so okay, let, uh, let, let's talk about this. All right. What do you think is going on with Marsh? Mm, I'm not sure. Like, I, why would he probably? I would assume that he's kind of possessed somehow, that some some kind of entity has control over the Steel Inquisitors. I, they went and attacked Terrace, after all, and he... So I'll get into it because there's basically kind of two forces at work. So I'll get, we'll we'll come back to that after we finish all of the chapters. Because yeah, that sounds good. There's basically like this chess match going on, and you you when you go back, you try to figure out who's on what side. Um, it's like a shogi match because you know the pieces change players from time to time. I don't know. That's fair. Okay, so. Ham couldn't save the dueling cane that saved Sazed. Yeah, Ham comes. So they smash Marsh in the back of the head. He's apparently unconscious. 
no one in their right mind would think that he's dead because he's just a steel inquisitor that's knocked out and all of his spikes are intact. All right. And then back to Vin. Vin hops into the well of ascension, uh, has to take all of her medals off. Sure. And then Vin has to decide whether to use her well of ascension power to save Elend and make the world a better place or to follow all the legends that she's learned and give up the power to uh, what they assume will make the world a better place. And she gives up the power and free, free something or someone free someone uh, who he doesn't sound very friendly. It sounds like she did a very bad. It sounds like she actually should have kept the power for herself and done good with it rather than free this thing. Uh, and that's all we get about that guy. <laughs> uh, I, I'll i finish up uh, the last couple chapters and we'll get into all that. Who did she free and all that uh, after I finish the last chapter in the epilogue. All right, so chapter 59. Uh-oh. <laughs> Epilogue. <laughs> epilogue. I didn't write any notes for the epilogue. So, all right. The last chapter and the epilogue are each only a few pages. So, in the last chapter, the mist spirit, you know, Vin's like, I did a bad. I shouldn't have let that guy free. And the mist spirit, who, remember, just stabbed Ellen in the stomach, uh, presumably to keep Vin from freeing this thing, stabbed Ellen in the stomach, but. He's a cool guy. He he comes, he's like, yo, he points at the titanium on the ground. And I don't know that it's titanium. That's just, that's the metal that I made up. That's whatever this is. It worked with aluminum. So, well, no, wait, that was oopsium. <laughs> anyway, so she jams it down Ellen's mouth and she's like, oh, I need to wash this down with some. So she gets one of her metal vials to wash down this, this metal bead. And Ellen starts to get a little more lucid and looks like he's doing a little better. And so Vin turns on her bronze and finds that Ellen is burning pewter. Ellen has become an Alamancer. <laughs> it's just like a little text that pops up. Ellen, Alamancer. <laughs> um, Ellen has been promoted to Alamancer. One of her vials, because it has little bits of metal in it. It's not just... Like it's well, liquid. That's all she had handy, and yeah. I'm assuming that this this metal that was on the little plate was not pewter because they probably would have recognized it as pewter. Uh, and you know, you you think either either Ellen's, uh, you know, by getting stabbed, maybe he snapped. He he does have a half brother that's a Mistborn. His father is an Alamancer. You know, maybe he just snapped and that bead was pewter. But then they go in the epilogue, they say something like, well, now we know where the first Alamancers came from. So kind of indicating that this this metal is used to give people Alamantic powers. Uh, so it's really convenient, actually, that she happened to wash it down with a vial that had pewter in it so that he would have something to burn and keep himself alive. That's what he needed. Unless well, the titanium... Unless the titanium also happened to have pewter in it, but more likely that it was just the pewter from Finn's file. So that's the end of chapter 59. We go to the epilogue. Epilogue has, is mostly about Sezed reflecting on the events and 
don't remember if he... I think he actually does go back to the crater library and finds the etching. And at least we as readers get to see the unaltered form of what Quan had etched in, in uh, metal there. And there are a few differences from what they had copied down. And uh, we learn that there has been something tampering with the Terrace Legends, like the pre-Ascension Terrace le- Legends, uh, perhaps even being in control of sending the deepness so that they would send someone to the Well of Ascension. And also it can even alter what memories are stored in copper mines. He's like a he's like the troll Wikipedia edit- editor. <laughs> I write these words in yeah. steel for anything not said in metal cannot be trusted. At those, you know it's funny? the first epigraph? It is. It so, is, and I love it because if we actually if we actually interpret that in a meta way and not trust what's actually written in our pages of Well of Ascension, we might be better off in un- understanding it the first time through. Well, so okay, so I do want to talk about the epigraphs briefly. Um, the epigraphs through this book are actually what is in metal, like it's the actual text, and. There are times when they're reading it, like during their study sessions, and you can, there are differences. Now, if you like look back or look forward, depending on where the, the text is in the epigraphs, you'll see that it's different. But uh, I was sort of curious if you caught on to it, but you never did. I didn't. And I assumed that that would be the case after finishing the book. So yeah. I'm going back and, and rereading it at least. Because you didn't bit. have. I, I, I did. I was keeping my eye open for it in a second read through. You you weren't like you weren't alerted to the fact that it could be different at the time. Aside from the very first line being "I write these words in steel for anything not set in metal cannot be trusted," but that's just a throwaway line. This it's book, not. I think, more than any of the other two that we've read so far for the podcast, benefits the most from a reread. Yeah, yeah you already I mentioned the thing about about the the clues pointing toward Tensoon. Yeah, yeah, we, so we will say, I will say, we had a lot to talk about in some of the spoiler sections for this particular book. So we in like four years, you'll be able to listen to those, and then you'll get to join in. Yay. And you know what we have, need? We'll need another a, friend. We'll need an episode of Dave listening to the Cosmere podcast for the spoiler section and then talking about it. Maybe I can do that on stream. The Cosmere Deep Dive Deep Dive Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we're going to Cosmere, Cosmere Deep Dave Podcast. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Something to look forward to. Just wait right. four or five years, everyone. Right. So uh, we also learn in the epilogue that Ellen has not just become a, a burner of pewter, not just become a, a thug, but he is a full-on mistborn. And Vin and Ellen talk about, you know, Vin says, I set something free. And they're like, well, I think we know where the first Salamancers come from. And then so there's still mists killing people. And Vin feels like what she had done was worse than the oppression of the Lord Ruler. She says, Ellen, what are we going to do? He looked at her for a moment, then turned back toward the city and its people. We're going to do what Kelsier taught us, Vin. We're going to do secret stuff. The end of book two. 
We're gonna do secret stuff sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Just gotta do secret stuff. And that's it. That's the end of the Will of Ascension by Brandon Sanderson. Great read. I, All right. I have one. I have one major problem with the book that we've talked at length in Discord. Oh, is and it Zane? For next, that's for next week. No, it's it's for next week. We'll talk about it. <laughs> is it all of Zane? What have I been arguing with Mike with? <laughs> I know, I know. We'll we'll okay. get to it. We'll, we'll get talk to about it. it next week. Well, if you're gonna bring it up, then let's just get into it. Yeah. Well, there's oh, no, a lot. Okay, no, hold on. Hold we on, have hold a lot, on. a lot to get into. Don't do I this to people. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the shogi match that Dave touched upon. <laughs> so let's, match. let's let's talk about it now. Let's talk okay. about what you know and, and go. With here's that. what here's what I know. There are two or at least two entities, two transcendent entities that we don't get a lot of detail on. There's. It, one has manifested itself as the mist spirit. And side note, I'm not actually sure if there might be multiple mist spirits that are manifestations of both sides, but the, at least toward the end of the book, this one mist spirit seems to be working against this other guy, uh, who it's, it's apparent that this is the guy that was the voice in Zane's head, the guy Zane called God. Uh, I don't want to call him God. I'm going to call him Voice Guy. So we have Mist Spirit versus Voice Guy. Voice Guy is imprisoned. Like this whole. Still a better love story world. than Batman v Superman. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's possible that, that this whole world of Scadrill is meant to be a prison for Voice Guy. And. Miss Spirit's number one goal is to keep a voice guy imprisoned here. And it's not so much that the Well of Ascension itself is a prison, but uh, it, it gives him the power to be free. So Miss Spirit is making sure that nobody gives the power over to voice guy. We see this in, I guess, he, he, he points Ellen away from... Uh, away from Luthadel, presumably because, you know, his presence would make Vin give up the power. So, okay, now he tries to kill Ellen or bring him near death, hoping that Vin will take the power for herself and not free Voice Guy. <clears throat> and then, you know, but, you know, he's still a bro. He wants he wants Ellen to be okay, so he, he helps Vin and wants to save Ellen. But, you know, he, he did what had to be done to, to try to get Vin from releasing Voice Guy. He also, uh, Miss Spirit also removed the bits of pages that says it and Tinville were working on. The ones that falsely said that Racecheck must not, I'm sorry, uh, Alendi must not be allowed to take the power for himself, which in the original etching, it said, uh, he must not be allowed to release what's in prison there. So Miss Spirit is, you know, trying to, get people's attention to like, Hey, you need to, you need to keep voice guy in prison. So he directs it back to Luthadel. And so Marsh apparently, and wittingly or not is working for voice guy. So or maybe possessed by him. So Marsh apparently is under the influence of voice guy, but he has some kind of control over himself because he's sorry that he has to kill Sazed, but, at the same time, you know, Voice Guy probably has some kind of control over the Steel Inquisitors. I don't know. Also, now, so something I'm not sure if you pointed out at this point, but like Sazed 
by the time of of his clash with Marsh, like he figured it yeah, out. Yeah, he absolutely is running to Well of Ascension to keep Vin from relinquishing the power. Absolutely, because the Mist Spirit, like its clues, like he finally figured out like what he was trying to be told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too bad the Mist Spirit can't just directly write words down like Voice Guy can. Yeah. Yep, there, that there is are too bad. There. So continue if there was more there about uh well actually i did have another question for you do you see any similarities between these two books that that we've read so far with mistborn uh and elantris well they both have a mysterious pool they do they do but is it a, is it a mysterious kitty pool is it a mysterious wading pool is there a diving board is the diving board mysterious <laughs> <laughs> but as we can see, Vin got into it, and she did not just dissolve like Elantris people do. Well, she wasn't willing to dissolve. But now yeah. we know that this is the source of our of the name, the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. <laughs> but um, that diving um, board. This is this is the the long con that Mike was playing when he came up with the name. So this is the final episode, now that we've revealed the show's secret. That's it. Thanks for listening, all. (laughs) So my one big question mark right now is the mists themselves, you'd think, would be like part of the mist spirit. And they're part of the world of Scadrial, which is somewhat like Waste Guy's prison. In book one, the... Mists actually helped Vin defeat the Lord Ruler. You know, if they allow Lord Ruler to continue on, Lord Ruler, Lord Ruler is going to take the power for himself next time Well of Ascension fills back up. And that's another thing. So the Well of Ascension only gave Lord Ruler power briefly, and he used that power to reshape the world, right? But the yep. Well of Ascension, it gets recharged every once in a while. It's whatever the time frame is, it's definitely less than like it's a thousand about years. It. It's about a thousand years at most, but it's yeah. also it's also not clear because it could have refilled a few times in the past thousand years. It's not more than about a thousand years. Whatever the length of time is, I'm sure it is less time than it will take for us to finish up this podcast to a point where I can listen to spoilers. But <laughs> you think? <laughs> well, it's a thousand schedule years. What is that, uh, like, Rita Repulsa says? 10,000 years, and she's, like, on the moon or something. I'll give you such a crick in the neck. Well, Thank yeah, you, Dave. That's, that's actually where my head went to. <laughs> you went to Genie. Uh, <laughs> went to Aladdin. Uh, so, Well of Ascension's coming back up. Miss Spirit presumably wants Lord Ruler to keep the power for himself. Or maybe it's not Maybe it's not as simple as that. Maybe Miss Spirit does want Vin to take the power. Maybe he would actually prefer Vin to have the power for herself rather than Lord Ruler. Uh, but at any rate, the mists help Vin. And there's also, oh, there was also Zane's death scene. So voice guy most prominently in, in this time is influencing Zane, right? Directly speaking to him. Yep. And he's like, oh, why would I want you to kill Vin? And the answer is he wants Vin to survive because he knows or feels like Vin will release him. And 
there does seem to be some sort of prescience with uh, Miss Spirit and Voice Guy. Again, Miss Spirit's kind of, I'm kind of eh about that, calling him the other side of this chess match because there might be multiple missed beings that are working on both sides. I don't know. And and the main reason I think that is because the mists help Vin to defeat the Lord Roller. And I'm not sure why. Maybe, like, they don't quite understand the prophecies that they come up with. So I, I also want to go back to Vin's mother. Vin's mother not only tried to kill Vin, but also successfully killed Vin's little sister. Well, I I imagine that she either is some kind of transcendent being or got word from one or had some kind of prophecy told to her that her daughter would release voice guy and she didn't know which daughter. So she tries to kill both of them. I wouldn't exactly call it a self-fulfilling prophecy because if she had just raised Vin like normal, it probably still would have happened anyway. So, but anyway, that's my theory on that. Uh, I, I, I'm starting to tread into the full book overview questions. So, yeah, we're trying to keep it specific. Yeah, we're trying, just trying to keep a, it specifically so. to the end. But, you know, I am curious about this this other metal. And my guess is that it's titanium. I don't know. Maybe platinum. Who knows? Whatever. But I like titanium because you can make an, an alloy out of it called titanium tumatum. My guess is it's the metal after mithril. What's after mithril? True silver? Depends on what game you're playing. In WoW, you can actually <laughs> transmute Mithril into true silver. But, you know, like, the, the, the high-end endgame armor is always the metal after Mithril. Crystal? <laughs> Dragoon okay. gloves? Um, so, alright, so we asked about Marsh. We, you, you, you summed up the whole voice guy versus Miss Spirit, so that's good. Uh, I don't think I had any more questions pertaining to this particular section. Anyone else? I think we should go ahead and get into the the argument that we had so that we can get okay. it out of the way and we're not teasing people and making them wait a week for it. It's true. We had mentioned it. But so we, still have to talk, we still have to talk about it next week as well, I think. Go ahead yeah, and we'll lay see. out your, your thing. Just, just okay. do your bit. Uh, okay, so... This is toward the end of chapter five. From Vin's perspective, she is about to try Duralumin for the first time, and she's checking on her metal reserves. So Vin took a pinch of Duralumin dust and swallowed it. She closed her eyes and felt at her alimantic reserves. The common eight were all there, well stocked. She didn't have any ATM or gold, nor did she have either of their alloys, plural. Even if she'd had ATM, it was too precious to use, except in an emergency, and the other three had only marginal usefulness. And the fact that alloys is plural, and this is from Vin's perspective, it leads the reader to assume that Vin knows about ATM's alloy, which actually is malatium. I I had before erroneously thought it was gold's alloy, because that's what Vin thought when she was first trying to figure out what the 11th metal was, but Mel ATM is actually ATM's alloy, and nor did she have ATM or well, gold, nor their alloys, on. plural. Real quick, uh, Mel ATM is actually an alloy of both 
gold and but it's primarily it's it's yeah it's primarily an atm alloy the elementic opposite of atm which is how it's being used here anyway yes i'm just pointing it out that they they happen to be Continue. It is an alloy of ATM and gold, but it, alimantically speaking, it is ATM's alloy or ATM's opposite. So, this, we are not, you know, we're not directly told about gold's opposite by name, but it is referred to, and there is even a comment about it, you know, about it only having marginal usefulness. And I'll let Micah speak his part of the argument rather than speak it for him. Well, I actually have a new point to bring in here, uh, which is that based on uh, malatium being the being an alloy of gold and atium, um, alimentic bronze is a mixture of copper and tin, both of which are alimentic metals. So what is it the alloy of? Alimentically speaking, you know, obviously it's... Tin and pewter. I mean, that one's an easier, though, because there's more copper than there is tin. But the fact that alloys is plural in this sentence implies that there is an atium opposite and a gold opposite. And anyway, it's and Mike, Mike is. Well, go ahead. Um, Okay, so one of the points I made was that uh, Vin knows about 12. Yeah. 12 metals at this point. Like, a number that is not specifically mentioned in this chapter. Uh, it's a number that isn't specifically mentioned, but if you if you go through the 12 metals that she knows, that you know that she knows, they're all covered. Um, there's the 8 basic, there's atium, there's gold, there's aluminum, and there's malatium. Your, your starting point is assuming that it's a set number that Vin knows, and it, it could just not have been revealed. And she's looking for aluminum's opposite. That's the whole point of this. Why wouldn't she also be looking for gold's opposite? Like, I mean, heck, melatium might be useless, but atium is pretty good. It'd be nice to find, and if gold is useless, maybe gold's opposite is good. Maybe it would be nice to find that, but it's not even thought of. And you're arguing that this, what the line, the other three had only marginal usefulness. You're arguing that that refers to melatium, gold, and aluminum, but aluminum isn't even mentioned. The last time aluminum is mentioned is a full page before the sentence. So, 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 so Mike's argument is that it's just the metals that we know of at that point in the book. Like that's, it's not written like that though. Like that's, that's my, and this is probably one of my, it's not, yeah, it's, I don't think it's written that way, but, the intention, and maybe this is a mistake on Sanderson's part, but the intention is to describe the metals that we know about. There wasn't supposed to be an extra, like, surprise, here's Electrum, like, there's none of that. What? It's, it's Electrum? Oh, dude, I cannot wait till the book overview, and I, I get to throw in my uh, my theories of Farukimi with all these metals. Because it is so fun to come up with Farukimi guesses, but anyway. <laughs> I... So I think it's just we were supposed to it was supposed to be a listing of the three metals that she doesn't have that has marginal usefulness aside from ATM. That's what the intention is, but I can understand but when it you're reading say it. That. it, it the, the word aluminum should appear within a page of that sentence. And it also it it shouldn't refer to op, like alloys plural of ATM and gold. I just 
my theory is that in in early transcript, maybe or in early planning, maybe Vin was supposed to know about Electrum at this point, and then it wasn't properly rewritten uh, when when Sanderson finalized it and said yeah, that could okay, be it. He doesn't know about Electrum. That's my theory. It's just still a fantastic book. It's just like that's just this one big glaring mislead there and you guys probably had no end of making fun of me when i first brought it up like a no, month ago, a couple no no ago. so you know th- there's going to be things that that pop out especially when we're doing a slow read like this um certain details will stand out a lot more than when you're just casually reading through a book quickly in this case what when i read any of his works like it's very quickly because i can't put it down so how you're able to to do it for our podcast is amazing but the whole point is that we, and I'm sure, you know, he is going to miss things just because he has certain plans. Oh, things change. Like you said, maybe it had to be rewritten. And it just, you're going to miss certain little bits like that particular paragraph. Yeah. And I'm um, not saying it's unforgivable. The editing gets it's just, better. I, it was, it was a frustrating thing because it led me to believe that Vin like we had that Electrum and it never comes up. Gilded in silver. I mean, gilded in silver. I mean, that is no. That's no, no. Electrum is gold with a little silver, not silver with a little gold. No, no. I'm saying we had that issue before when it was gilded. Oh, gilded. Yeah, that's that was okay. But this is like this is a major plot point that is addressed wrongly. So, again, I I do have a final nail in your Electrum coffin, uh, which is Rafo. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I do have okay, so I do actually have uh, a meta theory here. And yeah. that is that actually Voice Guy got in and rewrote the Well of Ascension to say that to mislead people. Dang him. Yeah. Voice guy is awful and you now know, I, I, I like that better than Rafe <laughs> Yeah. It's it is it is so voice guy. So now we need to uh Tell tell Brandon that he needs to publish a steel version, so we can be <laughs> sure that it's. Oh, but the the fancy leather bound versions are already like a hundred bucks. Like I can't even imagine what that would cost, dude. If they eventually wrote a metal version, like that would be amazing. It would be super expensive, it but be it like would a, be amazing. A, well, it'd have to be a museum or something like the Sanderson Museum, and it would have the Mistborn trilogy written on steel, like along the interior, and it might be like. It might be in different parts, like, that go all around the museum, so that you have to, like, you have to do the full tour of the museum as you're reading it and, like, follow along. And, of course, you can't read it all in one visit, so you'll have to keep coming back, and the museum will make a ton of money. All right, Sanderson. You're welcome, Brandon Sanderson. We we want a cut of the profits of this museum <laughs> if you happen to make it. Having right. a book written on metal plates, you know, there's there's a Mormon joke in there somewhere, but I just can't reach it. <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and kick Dave off, because we do have a few spoiler things to get to. Yep. Bye, Dave. Alright, see you guys next week. Bye, Dave. Bye, Tori. Yeah, I did not mean kick Tori off. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> hey, Tori. Bye, Tori. You're, you don't Tori's have to leave back, for spoiler yay. time. Yeah, I had to restart. Okay. Alright, Dave nope. is gone now. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. 
There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Dave is gone. Uh, okay, so the first thing I want to cover is, I wrote this in spoiler chat, uh, before we started recording, Dave and I were just, just chit-chatting in the voice waiting for everybody else to get here, and he said, and I quote, as soon as I can find it again, because Craig and I talked a bunch about a, stu- a bunch of stuff, here we go, that's where all the ATM is, the Chondra have it. He talked about a lot of other stuff, so he may forget that by the time we get there, but... Dude, I really wish I was able to listen to that, because, like, I, that's a bite-your-tongue, like, holy crap. He just revealed one of the major plot points of Hero of Ages. So, I don't... So do you know what he was rambling about? So, he's talking about where the heck the ATM is, because it's sort of, like, Vin and crew, they don't get any more ATM. Zane was, has some, but you can tell it's a very limited resource. I mean... Given Don't that ask me a question and then keep talking for five minutes. Well, it's tough. So, uh, <laughs> so we know from the last book, Kelsier went Super Saiyan, killed all the ATM. So we can understand there's no, no there's no extra input of ATM currently, but it's still a bit of a plot point. Like, hey, where is it? So I'm sure he's rambling about it, and he just sort of comes up with, and and they're gonna bring it up in Hero of Ages quite a lot. It's like, where's that ATM? we got to find the ATM. And that's because Ruin is looking for the ATM, and he's trying to get Vin to look for it as well. Can I answer the question you ask now? (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Go for it. Are you sure that's okay? You don't want to keep talking more? You're just wasting time. Let's go. Go ahead and ask that question one more time. I don't even remember what I asked. (laughs) You asked what else, what was was Dave talking about when he came up with that? Yeah. And what he was talking about was Tensoon's contract and Straff oh. and Zane having it. And, oh no, maybe, like, well, Kelsier paid with paid for Orser's contract with ATM, so maybe it costs more to pass it on to someone else. So, it's, it's interesting that you bring it up, and of course he came to that conclusion, because that was my response to you, which is, if you really pay attention to that sort of thing, the fact that all of these contracts... Uh, the payments in ATM, and yet you never really see ATM come out of that quote unquote economy. Like, you know, the conjure are, are, they collect it, but you don't really know like where it goes from, from that point forward. And you get some insight from Ellen because, of course, Venture was the ones who controlled that sort of thing. So, so we're going to hear more about it, but I have a feeling Dave's not going to forget he mentioned it because it, it sort of makes sense when you sit there and think about it. Contra have been collecting it as part of their contracts. They don't give it away. It's clear they're collecting it. There is just no concept of how much they were actually collecting, which is all of it. All of it. And then the next thing I wanted to get to was I was waiting this whole time for Dave to bring up Vin's earring. Now, the, t- the one time that it matters... And it hurts no, her nothing. ear. Well, so he mentions that she takes off all her metal, but it's because she has to take off the earring. It's a hemallergic spike. Yep. When she slips into the well. I I figure he's going to get this like right at the beginning of book three because the uh, the prologue of it like starts getting into hemallergy right away. I think he's okay. going to make that connection like immediately. 
You think he's going to realize it's a spike? Yeah, I think so. There is a lot of build up towards that in the book because you have to like you get spooked, get spiked. Uh, I think they mention uh, Penrod is is attempt. To, is he spiked or is he? They have an attempt. Oh, they spike him. Spike. Uh, they actually like put it. No, no, they do because he goes crazy and he's he's like he, he like destroys the city. That's right. Um, so like so he he's definitely gonna pick it up. Uh, I think it was who was the guy who was the ATM misting. Uh, oh, d- that, d- the mouth? that no, no the, uh, the city leader, that obligator guy. Oh, he was uh, the one they couldn't spike. Yes, okay. That, but he's important because that's how you figure out ATM things can be a thing. Mm-hmm. But we will we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, I, I have a feeling he's gonna pick up on that sooner than later. But it is funny that he didn't mention earring this time because it's explicitly called out that her ear was hurting. Um, oh, also in the what's Kelsier doing front. Well, uh, hold on, hold on. Whatever he I don't wants get... now. Well, I, I, I wanted to talk about Kelsier because this is actually a big part. Since he intera- he's actually the one who apparently uh, slices Ellent. Like, you can't really see the Miss Spirit. It's at that point, that's Kelsier. And Kelsier's like, I need to do this, because then maybe Vin will use the power of the well rather than releasing it. But Vin too good. Gotta release the power. Because spending that much time in the Well of Ascension, he formed a connection to preservation, which then lets him connect with preservation and sort of hold the hand. Yeah. So so Kelsier is present in that particular point. Um, we do have the beads of Larissium. Uh, they actually aren't named, which I thought they were named in the book. We know they're Larissium because of words of Brandon and just from naming convention, because we know the name is Laris, uh, is the, the Miss Spirit slash preservation. Which is why we also call Harmonium or Et Metal Sazedium sometimes. I mean, you do, I don't. Yeah, I totally do. It's a really cool name. It's got a Z in it. Yeah, I like it better <laughs> than Harmonium. Well, it's Et Metal, though. Well, Et Metal is, like, on planet is what they call it, but yeah. I definitely don't like the name Et Metal. Says- what did you guys call it? Sazedium? Sazedium or Harmonium. I want to see what Dave decides to call it after we're done. Uh, I guess we can ask him after Hero of Ages. I don't know. We'll Although, see. since I mean, ATM and Larassium were never named Ruinium or Preservationium, uh, sure. Harmonium isn't a great name. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, but anyway. It's better uh, than Titanium, whatever he called it. Like, I almost called him out and say it's not Titanium, but I don't really want to talk about it. They talk about it in Hero of Ages because they mentioned the beads, and I don't want to form that connection between that and ATM just yet. Let let the book do its job for that. So I didn't say anything when he's like, maybe it's Titanium. Um, but yeah, the beads are mentioned. It uses... It's used in uh, these chapters to turn Alan into a Mistborn, because that's what they do. They grant Allomancy. Um, and not just a Mistborn, but a first-generation, super-duper powerful Mistborn. Yep. Undiluted, because it's diluted through time and genetics. Uh, but before this, keep in mind, 
Hoyd has already been there and he's taken one of the remaining beads that were there. So at this point, we only have one bead and it goes to Elend. So kudos to preservation for making just enough beads. Well, I don't think he had a choice, but it that's just what happens. I wonder Although if I sort like, have to wonder if there's more somewhere. I wonder if like the original beads all got taken, you know, a thousand years ago by the Lord Ruler, and those weren't just the ones that had developed again since then. You think they just form well, but the pots are broken though. Except for two, I think. Right. The ones that actually had beads in them. So you so, think because they broke the pots, maybe, maybe it works. Up either? I mean, we don't have any reason to think that it doesn't work similarly to like how ATM is made. Right. But ATM doesn't grow in pots. It grows in geodes. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Something to think about. Geodes which rip your arms open every time you reach in to grab one. Where uh, what do you what do you ruin. what what do you put stuff in to preserve it? You put it in a pot. It's thematically you know, uh, that, appropriate. That is a good point, and leave it to preservation for his body to congeal that way. Um, all right. Did we have anything else for specifically the end of the book? Okay, so I want so we talked about what's Kelsier up to because he does play a part in this chapter. Um. There was something else Dave said I wanted to bring up. Oh, Dave said a lot of things, and yeah. uh, props to Dave for the number of times I had to bite my tongue when he was talking about you know, the the shogi match between Voice Guy and Mist Spirit. Like, dude, that was so on point. He's on point, and and I kept having to remind myself, no, no, don't say the thing you're thinking of saying. In response to that, because he actually doesn't know. <laughs> no, so we we don't know about this big chess match until much later on, because they don't even realize preservation is a thing yet. It's like halfway through Hero of Ages or something, because you hear all about Ruin, who is voice guy, um, but you don't hear much about preservation until later on, especially when Ruin is actually talking about him. Oh, I think I think I know the thing you wanted to talk about which was uh dave's idea of trapping uh boy sky on a planet yeah that's something else that he brought up and it's like well how about that uh odm is which, oh, that's that's crazy he would never do that oh man although odm i think is is not trapped so much on the planet as in the star system somehow right because i don't think he's actually particularly yeah, he, I think he's just in the system somewhere. Well, the system is what is specifically mentioned in uh, in the second letter. But it's not called a star system, it's just called the system. Sure. It's like um, three planets. Well, like, three habitable, habitated planets, I guess. Quote, I think, unquote. I think there's more planets in the star system. Anyway, um, that's not quite what's going on here, because AT was, you know, stuck in in the well, or his consciousness was, I should say. Uh, right. His body and power were elsewhere. Um, and Dave mentioned Statland City. He doesn't know why he said it. Uh, that just happens to be one of the locations of, of the Lord Ruler's caches. Oh, was that what was on the, yeah. the, the etching? So, and and the, the map is essentially a map of the different caches. Like, they, they use that 
to sort of go along yeah, the path a- to go to different casters. And th- this leads into, of course, Dave's big thing, which is he, he read out the sentence from Chapter 5 about how it's described. And I do understand where he's coming from. We know, based on Hero of Ages, that our the crew does not know about Electrum because mm-hmm. it's from a cache that they read about Electrum and they find out it can be used to cancel out Atium. So and if if they knew about it, they would have made some and tested it out. And right, because there was a whole fear that, that Vin wouldn't be able to deal with anything. Um. Okay. So yeah, if they knew about Electrum, they'd be using it because it's anti Atium and it's super duper useful and holy crap. And right, I'm, we wouldn't have that big scene with Vin versus Zane where she had to like second think Zane to. Or, or maybe it was Ruin, Ruin popping up a shadow and, and Zane falling for it. Either way, we wouldn't have that because she would have Electrum and she would have done it. And then, oh, no Vin versus ATM. So for a plot device, we have to not know about Electrum until Hero of Ages. And maybe it's like Dave said, where it was originally written. It was supposed to be included and they just didn't know the use of it. But then he, he changed it for Hero of Ages. So. so actually on that topic, the ferrochemical use of Electrum and Brass were actually switched. Uh, they were supposed to be that Electrum stored oh, right. heat and Brass stored determination. Uh, but they got swapped because Brandon screwed it up on Well of Ascension at one point And it printed already before he caught it. I mean, this announced it's, it's set in metal. That brass Indeed. is warm. So that's just what we have now. It happens. And uh, Dave had actually, on his on his little chart, uh, had listed brass as happiness. Which is real, real close to determination as, as far as, like, function. Yeah, okay. I could, I could see that. Determination and you're just happy because you're determined. Yeah, okay. It's, and then it's yeah, happiness so, sounds good. Yeah, Dave's chart got it got it more right than Brandon did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. When you listen to this in four years or whatever, there you go. Yeah, when you listen to this in four years, first off, sorry about the technical difficulties. <laughs> we won't even notice that you're going to edit them out. I'm not sure I can edit well enough to hide all of this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and call it here. I'm hungry and my food's dinner's done. So yeah, bye internet. Right then. Oh, good night internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere deep dive podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at Cosmerecast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is traveling made up continents by Gillicuddy used with permission. Hear more from him at the free music archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.